Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. For for God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's where we'll stop reading right there. I want you to notice in verse 11 that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so it's Father's Day. Lord will help me, I'd like to tell you a little bit about your father. About, about what a real father is. And about what he can do for you. How much he cares about you. And, uh, let me just say this, and I deal with kids all the time. If you don't know, I'm a school teacher. And, uh, I deal with kids every day that have no idea where their daddy is or what he's doing or if he even knows they're in the world. Our Heavenly Father is not like that. Let's go back to Genesis. The Bible says, In the beginning He made the heavens and the earth, and He saw that it was good. And then we get on down into the Scripture, and He said, Let us make man. He wanted you. He created a perfect place for you. He, he spoke everything else into existence, but when it came time for you, He put His hands on you. And He molded and made something that was worthless. What are you talking about, preacher? Does the Bible not say He picked up a handful of dust? And molded and, and made us into something that was in His image and in His likeness. We're His. We are to resemble Him in how we walk, how we talk, how we live, how we treat others, how we have compassion, how that we have mercy, and our lives are to be exemplary of the grace that He's extended you and me. We are to be just like Him. And so He wanted us. And He took the time to make a perfect place for us. Now He knew what we'd be. He knew how we would come short. He even knew it wasn't happenstance that the tree of knowledge of good and evil was in the midst of the garden. It was there because God had a plan from the get-go. He knew our nature. He knew that we would let Him down. That we would disappoint Him. So He made a plan for me and you. He made a plan that was so simple that even we couldn't mess it up. Now, <clears throat> we've been doing some renovations at the house. And I went and did part of it and got to looking and I had messed it up. I had to go back and redo it. But I've never seen anyone yet that got a hold of the real thing, that got a hold of eternal salvation, 
that made a mistake with it. The Bible says that, that there is a way and it shall be called a way of holiness and, it, and it's a, for that wayfaring man. Though he be a fool, he cannot err therein. You can't make a mistake when you're trying to be saved. It's so simple. All the Bible says that you have to do is ask and you shall receive. And we had a Father that made a way whenever we had no way. We had a Father that made a way that we could be redeemed. <coughs> us in our sin, us on our way to hell, us blackened and filthy from the filth of this world and the perversion of this world, and yet the Lord, our Father, saw something worthy of redemption in us and made salvation's plan that even an old wretch like me could be saved from that awful place called hell. What a Father we have that would make a way for sinners like you and I. We read word that men tried. He gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Ten simple rules. If you read, and I get a book every year. It's in a blue cover. And it says, Tennessee Code Annotated. And it's all the laws that have to do with education alone. It's a book that's about two inches thick, and it's a new edition every year. Something's always added. And that's just for the laws pertaining to having school, pertaining to education. If you want to read all the law that men had ever made, why it'd take forever. But God started with ten simple laws, ten simple rules. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not murder. We can read them on and on and on, and we still could live up to it. God had to show me and you that we can't do it on our own. But He had a plan before He ever said, let us make man. Now listen to what He said. Let us make man. Who was He speaking to? He was speaking to the Lord. He was speaking to Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so He made a way of redemption for you and I. Now listen, He's a Father that loves us. He's a Father that cares for us. He's a Father that corrects us when we're wrong. Did you know that? I read where that, that the man Achan took the forbidden part. Whenever they went in down to Jericho, and, the, and Israel lost the battle uh, to Ai. They lost 36 men. And so Joshua got down as Marty talked about this morning and prayed and begged God to show him what the problem was. He was afraid that, that, that the men of that country would, would, would talk about Israel and about what beggars they were and how they ran from the battle. And so he prayed and God revealed to him. He said uh, that that part that I told you not to partake of, that it's been partaken of, and I'll not be with you anymore until this is fixed. I'm telling you today, if you think, I've been to listen, I, I grew up in an era where if I made a mistake, my dad took his belt off and wore me out. Well, preacher, that was child abuse. Let me tell you what that was. That was correction. That was teaching me discipline so that when I got old enough, I could discipline myself instead of being unruly and not being able to live by the laws in this land. Amen. 
There's a difference between a beating and a spanking. I got a few spankings. It didn't hurt me. And here's what my dad would say, Marty. He'd say, now this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I, I joke with him. I tell him I never, never did understand that. But I do. I do. When you have to correct your child, it hurts. Because they couldn't do what they were supposed to do. Because they chose the wrong way instead of the right way. God told Joshua, I'll not be with you anymore. Now, Christian, you think about a day when God's not on the seed. You think about a day when you go to pray and you can't get a hold of Him. You think about a day whenever His divine hand of protection is not there for you. Oh, if you want to talk real punishment, Joshua and the children of Israel were in it. They were being chastised because of sin and Achan and Joshua and the children of Israel in that day are no different than back and Dutch bottles in this day and age. Without chastisement, you're bastards and not sons. You think we like that song, don't we? We pray on for a few minutes. It's awful quiet. We like that song. God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and guide her. Oh, that's okay, isn't it? But we don't want to do the things that we need to do to be blessed. We've been taught better, but we don't do those things, do we? What a father that we've got that shows mercy on, on sinners like you and I. Oh, we read, I believe it was in Luke, if I'm not mistaken, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of the sons said, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And, he, and so the father gave half of all he had to the younger son, and he went out and wasted his substance on riotous living. Now, our people don't want to hear it anymore, but there is a right way to live and a wrong way to live. And if you want to throw your life away, Satan will be more than happy to provide the vehicle to do that. I'm here to tell you today that the Lord loves you. Now listen, help, Lord, help me to preach this out for just a few minutes. And so the young man took and wasted everything that he had. Do you know how many people have been raised in church? They've been sent right off the altar. They've heard the God's Word preached. They've heard songs sung about the Lord. And they walked out the church door and wasted their life with riotous living. Threw it away and live a life of regret and remorse. Wishing they could take back some of the things they had said and done. I'm here to tell you today, stay on the altar. Stay in the church. Right, wrong, or otherwise, this is the place you need to be. Where, where else could you go that you'd be loved anymore than the Father's house? All right. So we see our young man fell on desperate times. 
No money, no friends. He went to work for a fella. This was a Jew. He went to work for a fella that had swine. And he went to feed the swine. A very degrading job for a Jewish person. And he would have eaten the husk that was from the corn that the hogs did eat. But the man wouldn't even give that to him. Let me tell you something. There's no mercy in this world for you. We see our protesters holding up the signs, saying no justice, no peace. They better be praying for mercy. They better be praying for a God that loves them to show mercy on them. Now, I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying their cause is, is, is not justified. But what I am saying is we need more God in this country more than anything. And we'll have Him by loving one another. God is love. All right. Father, Heavenly Father. So the young man, the Bible says, when he came to himself, he said, how many of the hired servants at my father's house have bread to spire, and I perish with hunger? Isn't it about time that our people come to themselves? Isn't it about time that our people realize what kind of shape that they're in. We live in a world today where people can take or leave the church. Let me tell you something. I could be a good person and not darken the church's doors. But I could be a better person when I sit under the gospel. I could be a better person when I hear God's word taught. I could be a better person. I could be a better neighbor. I could be a better friend. I could be a better husband. I could be a better father. Don't you want to be better? Come down to my father's house. He said, I will arise. Now you can sit in the muck and the mire all you want to. Satan just loves that. He likes to see your life tore up. He likes to see you sifted. He likes to see everything torn apart and falling all to pieces. He likes it whenever you feel there's no hope. He likes it when you get suicidal. That's Satan. That's what that is. Let me tell you something. If you want some hope, if you want some peace, if you want some mercy, come down to the Father's house. I will arise. And I'll go to my Father and I'll say, I'm no longer worthy. Now we look down at this young lad because he wasted what he was given, what the Father had given him. If we tell the truth, we've all been there at one time. I'm no longer worthy. I wouldn't. You wouldn't either. I'm not worthy to be one of your sons. Just make me as one of the hired servants. But as he was making his way down to the father's house, the father saw him a good way off. I don't believe it was a surprise. I don't believe that he came in unexpectedly. I believe the father had been looking for him for a long time. I believe that that 
that that father, that elder, had got down and done what Marty taught about this morning. I believe he had prayed and prayed and prayed. Now listen, sometimes in order to get a sinner's attention, God has to put them in dire circumstances. So if you're praying for your loved one and you see them going through a trial, just know that's God's hand working on them so that He can get them where He needs to be. Back in to the Father's house. Oh, the Father saw Him coming a long way off. And He had compassion on Him. You know what Satan tells our folks that are not churchgoers? Those people will look down their noses at you. Those people feel better than you do. Let me tell you what I am. I'm a sinner. Just like you. I'm a sinner. Just like you. And if it not wasn't for the mercy of God, I could be a drunk. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, I could be a murderer. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, the compassion, the love, the grace that He gives me, I could be the meanest and the vilest of sinners. But I found mercy when I called on His name. If you want to make a real change, try Jesus. Come down to the Father's house. If you want to, oh, we've seen the protesting. We've heard about the virus. I'm here to give you some good news. God loves you. You've got a father that loves you. Oh, the father went running. He didn't care that the young lad had been down there in the hog pen. Have you ever been around a bunch of hogs? They stink. They're vile. They're nasty. It's not a pleasant place to be. This young man had been in the hog pen. He was dirty. He was nasty. No doubt there was a distinct odor about him. But the father didn't care. He kissed his neck. I don't care how deep in sin you are. You've got a heavenly father that loves you. He loves to wrap his arms around you and welcome you into the father's house. Your father don't want the best for you. He's not much of a father. Your heavenly father wants the best. Here, let me give you scripture. Fear not, little flock, for it's the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. All right. Go get the best robe that I've got. Jim, I put it on one, one morning. Preacher, when we get to heaven, I got a new garment. I got a white robe. A robe of righteousness. A robe where the threads will never fray. A robe where the balls can't eat through it. A robe that still looks... I got, <laughs> I got it when I was an eight-year-old boy, Marty. God, I've grown a little bit. It still fits me perfect. I'm telling you today. 
Go get the ring and put it on his finger. And every time he looks down, every time he reaches to get hold of something, every time that he feels his finger touch something, he'll feel that battle between his finger and whatever that thing is, and he'll be reminded, I've got him surrounded with my love. I've got him in the palm of my hand. I love him. And there's nothing that's going to come. For I am persuaded that neither height nor depth nor, nor power nor principalities is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. We've got an eternal love bound with our Savior. Bring Breaks of shoes and shot his feet. You want some peace? Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know why people don't have any peace? They don't have on the whole arm. They don't have the helmet of salvation. They don't have the breastplate of righteousness. They don't have the sword. They don't have the shield of faith. They don't have peace. It's not no justice, no peace. It's no God, no peace. Folks, and then he said, bring the fatty cat. He wouldn't be, wouldn't like some of us would have been. If the drug addict came down the aisle to the altar for the 13th time. Let's not spend a lot of time on that one. Go get that sickly looking thing. Bring it. He wouldn't have been like us. If the drunkard came. I'm going to tell this, and I'm not telling it for a pat on the back. Some of you were here about two Wednesday nights ago, I guess it was, or Sunday night maybe. It was a Wednesday because we were having a business meeting. We had a young man come in. There wasn't a soul in the building knew who he was. And I wasn't too sure if he knew who he was. He didn't come into the building until the business meeting had already started. And as we do, naturally, open the doors of the church. And these two wonderful ladies right here came forward, wanted to join. And he came forward. There wasn't a person in this building knew what his name was. And I kind of acted unusual, I guess you'd say. After the service, we watched him instead of walking toward the highway or going to get in a car. He walked toward the back of the church. We got to look and couldn't find him anywhere. Just in a minute, I saw him down in the graveyard. Unusual behavior. I know the, the policemen for Cobb County. I've got their number in my cell phone. I could have called and they'd have sent a car. I could have left him to his own devices 
And he would probably got shot. And he kept talking about going to Morristown. I said, you want to go to Morristown? Let's go to Morristown. I put him in my car and I drove him out there and I set him out over there near the homeless shelter. He just needed somebody to show him some mercy. He just needed somebody to show him some kindness, some long suffering. We forget about that, don't we? But God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, if our Father was long-suffering toward me, He'd already disown me. He'd already marked me down and marked me off the list. But He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Wonder how many days that Father prayed for the prodigal that he'd just come home. I'm telling you today, if it's been a while since you've been at Dutch Bottoms, people are praying for you that you just come home. Break the fatty cake. The heavens will search the earth and beneath the earth. And the Father sent the best he had just for you. He saw Jim laying down there in the hospital. Looked like very little hope. And he sent a Savior so that Jim could be saved. Not that wonderful Marty on the altar at Baptist Tabernacle. Little lost boy cried out and the father sent a savior so that Marty could be redeemed. Oh, he saw John on this altar right here begging for salvation and he sent a savior. Your heavenly father loved you enough to send the best we've ever known that all humanity has ever known without sin. Oh, he sent a Savior for you personally. That's what your Heavenly Father did just because He loves you. He gave you the best. Amen. Uh, don't make any pretense. We grew up poor. And so when I had my own family, I wanted to give them all the things that I'd never had as a child. I guess I spoiled them. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you today, the best thing you can do. Now, here's you another one. Honor thy father and mother. When you never pray, now listen, I didn't get a gift today, but I got three phone calls. I got two boys that are out west. Marvin, I wouldn't take anything for the few minutes I got to talk on the phone with my kids. It meant the world to me. 
when you don't take the time to do what Marty taught about this morning, you're dishonoring your father. When you never take the time to open your heart and say, Lord, here I am. I need you today. They used to say this song, it's me again, Lord. I got a problem that I can't solve. Oh, how long? Sing this and help me, John. How long has it been since you talked to the Lord? Just, let's just shell down the cord tonight. So for some of us, it's been quite a while, hasn't it? Until you have really talked to Him. How long has it been? Now, you know when you have it, when you don't. We make the pretense. I've done it myself many times. <coughs> we get down. We go through a multitude of words. We get back up. We go back to our seat. We say we prayed. No, you haven't. Until you poured your heart out to the Lord. Until you have talked to the King of Kings. And He has responded back to you. You've not really prayed. To St. Daniel, and Marty mentioned it this morning, I know I'm scattered here, there, and everywhere. To St. Daniel, pray three times a day. Oh, we talk like if we could be like Jesus, if we could just be like Daniel, the world would be a lot better place to say we really, truly talk to the Father three times a day. What a difference our world would be in. The Father didn't care where that prodigal had been. All he was was glad that he was back home. That he was lost and had been found. And so, let's get to this. <laughs> the brother heard what commotion was going on and came to see what was going on. And one of the servants told him, my brother, that was that was out and gone, he's back. And the father's killed the fatted calf. And they're celebrating. And the brother got a little robbed. And he talked to his father and he said, Well, all these years I've served you, you've never even given me and my friends a kid that we could make Murray, a little goat that we could make Murray. And here you have killed the fatted calf for somebody that's wasted all you've made on harlots. Oh, I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter where people have been, it matters where they're going that makes all the difference. And it's not for me and you to judge, it's for you and I to worship and celebrate that one more soul got saved. We tend to forget it's not my church. It's His. It's not what I want. I read a book. And I don't read a whole lot of religious books. I read the Bible. But I read a book a few years ago. And the name of the book was It's Not About Me. It'd be a better place if our people would realize it's not about me. It's all about Him. All about living for Him. And lifting up His name. <clears throat> now this scripture that I read to you. This is what it says. 
he took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, wherefore, God hath highly exalted him. Remember down at the River Jordan, People don't understand why we do the things we do because Jesus went down to the River Jordan. And the, and the Spirit descended on, as in the form of a dove and they heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I, don't, I can't speak for you ladies. I can speak for us guys. There's just something about it when your dad's proud of you. It's inexplainable. I can't explain it, but there's something about it when your dad has pride in you. When he's pleased with what you've done. The Lord God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We are to live a life every day to where God can make that statement about you and me. To where just once in our lives that I have let him down day after day after day, John. I've been such a disappointment to him. I know I have. But just once, I'd like to live a life where he can say I'm well pleased. Oh, but we read on over in another part of the book. It says you've been faithful over a few things. It don't say that you've been faithful over all things. But it says a few things. Well done, and to the joys of the Lord. I failed him miserably, but I've been faithful a few times. And I know when he comes back, I'll go with him to that good country. Well, I want to talk to you. Be careful. Let's stick with the book. You want to see Jesus? You will. Every eye shall see him, even the one that pierced him in the side. Do you know what the book says? Only the pure in heart shall see God. Only. I'm going to hush your name. The strange family does not have reservations in heaven. Marty's good man as I've ever known but the costers don't have reservations in heaven I love Robert and Shelby and, and Bobby and Debbie but the Reed family don't have reservations in heaven there's only one family going and it's not your family name it's God's family and if you belong to him you're going how do I get into that family? Fall down on your knees and with all your heart cry out, Jesus, please save me. And he'll do the work. It's that simple. You think mama is good to you? Just wait till you get into good old mama church. You think daddy loves you? Just wait till you get a dose of the heavenly father's love. Oh, folks. 
it's Father's Day, and most people hadn't even thought to thank their Heavenly Father. Most people hadn't even stopped to think that they wouldn't be where they're at today. They wouldn't have the blessings that they have without their Heavenly Father. Oh, we need to do what the Sunday school lesson taught us this morning. Maybe I may mention that this morning. Instead of saying, I want, I want, I want. Let's start with, thank you, Lord. And I'm reminded so many times, and I'll close with this. I was raised across the hill over here at Rankin. And Pat Cody would gather all the young people up, and we'd sing. And as we got older, Pat got older, I can't remember which pastor it was, but one of them called for everybody, every child that had ever sung with Pat around the piano to come up, and there'd be 30 or 40 of us come up to the piano and sing with her. We used to sing this song. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with stopping to say thank you? We've got to where we think we're owed, folks. We're owed hell. That's what we're owed. And by his mercy, we don't have to go there. So we are to start every day with thank you, Lord. With thank you for having mercy on me today. Thank you for another opportunity to lift up your name. Thank you for the day that you've given me and I'll rejoice. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will. What are you going to do today? Bope around? What are you going to do? Hang your head because the ball didn't bounce your way? Because a little sickness hit your life? Because the job didn't work out? What are you going to do today? Are you going to rejoice? Because God has given you another day. Your Heavenly Father graced you with a day to lift up His name one more time because you may cross paths with some sinner today. Let's rejoice and let them know it's good to be in God's big family. He'll never leave us. And you know what else he said? For the Lord knows your need even before you ask. As Marty said, he quoted the scripture this morning, you have not because you ask not. So let me pose right here. John often asks you to raise your hand if you know a sinner. Let me ask you this. How many would like to see a sinner saved? Every hand in the house. Have you asked the Lord for that? Have you begged him? Bill Murray preached a message here several years ago, right after I first came to be your pastor. He said, if you know a sinner, call their name out. Call, their na- call them by name to the Lord. We're so afraid 
will hurt somebody's feelings. We're so afraid. Listen, I've heard Marty's testimony about how his grandma prayed. I've heard Jim's testimony about how his grandma prayed. You know why that that meant something to them? Because they called their name. It's not. You're not bringing shame to some sinner when you pray for them. It's an honor for the saints to read the prayer bells of heaven on your behalf. Had a deacon at Round Mountain. He'd make this statement. You have to get them lost before you can get them saved. If they don't see the need, you never will be able to convince them otherwise. They have to realize the imminent danger that they're in. That hell is a reality and they're headed there. And the only scarlet thread they can hold on to is the blood of Falcon Calvary. The blood of Jesus. That the Father sent for you and I. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go on. We all can agree on John 3.16, can't we? Can we all agree on John 3.17? For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Not to condemn not to say, look how wrong they are or how, how off the wrong trail that they're on, but to love them and to let them know that Christ died for them, that God made a plan for them. He didn't just make a plan for Mike Strange, a little country boy, little country preacher. He made a plan for the drug addicts. He made a plan for the drunkards. He made a plan for the tattooed, pierced, vilest, meanest, Every man that ever spent a day in brushing about for the men in the penitentiaries that's convicted of murder and will never see the light of day again. God loves them. The Heavenly Father made a plan of redemption for them as well as me. And I'm no more deserving of it than they are. But He made a way because He loves us. You want to celebrate Father's Day? Let's start with thanking. Let's start with acknowledging. Our world's about got to the place where we can't even acknowledge it anymore. What a shame that our country has come to. That we can't even acknowledge. If you want a problem solved, Ethan sung about it tonight. If you want a problem solved, it's not up to me and you. We've got to give it to God, as little David did, and let God fight the battle for us. That's how we get victory, folks. I'm glad I've got a Heavenly Father. Job had one. Satan couldn't even get to him because the divine hand of protection, that's, that hedge, surrounded him. I've thought about this. I know Job lost his children, but he got more, didn't he? And you think about this. 
how proud they had to be of their dad that he maintained his integrity. It's real easy in the heat of the moment to lose a man. When things don't go our way, we need to be men. We need to stand for the Lord. We need to lift up his name and live for him anyway. And I'm here to tell you today, if you'll do that, God will bless you. He'll help you. Oh, folks, we've got a father that cares. We've got a father that loves us. Life is worth living because we've got a father that cares about us. All right. That's the message.